0: Welcome to
2: Cashflow Guys Podcast. It's that time again. It's Friday morning. I I always say that I have a special guest because every guest to me is special. They're special because they bring value to this podcast. They bring value to me. They bring value to you as the listener. But today I've got someone who has brought a lot of value to me personally, outside of the business world, my good friend and mentor of mine actually billy keels is here from barcelona spain billy are you with me
1: tyler i am here and i am super fired up to uh to share uh with your audience you must have
2: been listening to episode 100
1: (laughs) can you tell can you tell
2: we wound a few stacy and i wound a few people up with that
1: (laughs) i can I, i can see why
2: there you go see now billy Billy lives over in Barcelona, Spain. He's a U.S. citizen, good friend of mine. We met through our mutual mentor of ours, Jay Massey. We were both students of Cashflow Diary back in what was it, Billy? Twenty fourteen ish, twenty
1: thirteen. Yeah, twenty uh, fourteen. Towards the end of twenty fourteen, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. In the last three months of twenty fourteen. Yep.
2: We're learning how to. We're, we're, we bump into each other in a, in a virtual room on how to raise private capital. I think we're talking about doing multifamily deals. I was. Getting ready to jump off the boat, or I think I just jumped off the boat, literally.
1: Was, just jumped off.
2: Yeah, yeah. You were looking to transition, um, do it, change up things, how you're doing things. You're you're a W two income earner. Tell me about that. You're a salesman by trade.
1: Yes, I am. So I am a uh, I'm a salesman by trade. So working uh, sales leadership roles uh, for the better part of the last fifteen years, and and recently doing that here as selling in Spain uh, in selling uh complex software solutions into um some of the largest companies in the spanish market doing that in spanish so
2: sounds incredibly boring
1: <laughs> very very very
2: <laughs> sorry i can't resist
1: <laughs>
2: it's, but you know over the years we've we've become close we finally got to meet each other in, in orlando you were here for business that was cool i finally got to meet you in person and you always been that guy for me it's kind of like you're going through a similar situation i am we We both are above average income earners. We're stepping into a new space. Granted, I had a lot of experience in real estate in the residential market, now Mm -hmm. jumping into multifamily, getting out there, rolling up the sleeves, raising capital. I think I had it bad, and I survived, and I came through unscathed, right? A little bump and a couple bruises here and there, but you're doing it across the ocean. Talk about that for a minute.
1: Yeah, Tyler, I. Um, so, yeah. So when when uh, when we hear about these uh, opportunities, sometimes we think, wow, you know, it's a it's a little bit far or, or, or there, we put all these different reasons why we cannot do things. And so uh, one of the things that uh, that I'd realized I'd gone through some challenges, um, you know, working in the in the corporate job, one of the things is. Mm, typically have the opportunity to invest in like a 401k or a pension plan or mutual funds and all that kind of stuff. And so I'd done that a couple of times and, uh, and then pro- portfolio went down in 2000 and then again in 2008. And I, I got a little bit tired of that right and so um had a great uh, boss actually here uh, who was uh, a scottish guy who was actually investing in, in in real estate back in scotland but doing that from spain and he talked to me about things like arbitrage and cash flow and it seemed kind of uh kind of kind of weird right but uh but afterwards i, I studied up. I read a little bit about it and it just so happened I'd been back uh, to the States at that time and in my, uh, at my family's house had a, this little purple book. And so I picked up this little purple book. You've probably heard of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. A- and, uh, and when I read through it, I thought, wow, this actually seems pretty cool. Uh, real estate, seeing it again, hearing it again. Um, and then I tried to take what I learned from the book and I wanted to put that in practice here in, in Barcelona. And so one of the things I saw was uh, the theory was the same, but the, the metrics didn't actually work out uh, exactly in the exact same way. So uh, it costs so much more money to, uh, to make a purchase for a property uh, and a number of different things. But what that ended up leading me to do was said, Hey man, I'm an American guy, I'm living here and uh, I don't want to buy apartment buildings you know, here in Spain or apartments. And, and then I looked at parking spaces, didn't want to do that either and i thought well what the heck why not uh buy properties back in the us <laughs> and so um one of the things i realized when i was when i was looking to do that was there was a there was an ocean in between the places that i wanted to <laughs> to, to, to to buy the properties right and so um it became i you know i had a lot of fears um, a lot of challenges. Uh, but at the end of the day, I thought, you know what, if I'm going to actually try this real estate thing and stop relying just on mutual funds and, 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 uh, in pension plan and 401ks, I just got to make the jump, you know? Um, and so the I studied it a while, but but, but yeah, but I, I definitely made the jump. I jumped across, uh, jumped across the ocean per I, se.
2: I remember I, in this thing, and here's a blast in the past. I remember you and I on the phone, I'm sitting out, in front of some property that some foreclosure house and I'm on the phone with you rehearsing our pitch. Remember? <laughs> Raising capital? <laughs> and, the, I do. and the objections and going through that whole process.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: And every time I'm like, damn, he's good.
1: Years <laughs> of <laughs> practice. Years of practice.
2: Yeah, right? We, here's, but here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen,
1: and and this is the fact
2: is that we both come out of this we're we making a huge transition. This is as early as, you know, or as latest 2014. We're making this huge transition. Mm-hmm. End of the day, you know, yes, it takes some practice. You got to spend time, correct me if I'm wrong, Billy, with like minded people. We've been kind of masterminding the two of us, between the two of us and Paige, you know, Paige Panzerello, folks. You guys, She's been on the show three times now, four times, I think. She's becoming a cash flow guy celebrity. I think they like her more than they like me. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> It, it's necessary. And even across the pond, we're on Skype and we're on Facebook messenger or whatever, having a conversation, playing, catch up, rehearsing, sharpening the sword right or wrong makes us bigger, better investors, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, without a doubt, Tyler, this is one of the things that I start you know, realizing and, and, and it's even here, um, you know, this is when you, when you sort of feel like you're by yourself uh, on an Island, uh, you know, American guy over here in, in, in Spain, and you think, well, how in the world am I going to keep on doing this? And so, you know, uh, through uh, meeting you and getting to know you and in the network, it's just, it, it is one of the things that has helped me get through some of the, the most challenging times. Because trust me, there have been uh, many, many nights uh, and days when uh, when when I've wanted to say, you know what I've, i I just can't I, I can't do this. I don't want to do this anymore. And then you realize your support system, your friends uh, that are are like minded uh, can help you. Get through that, right? And so, and yeah, definitely. Being surrounding surrounding yourself with uh, with like minded people is definitely one of the things that uh, get you through some of those darkest moments.
2: I don't think that either one of us quitting was an option. I mean, I, I've granted it. There has been times I thought about it, but I'm like, you know, Billy's going to get all over me if I <laughs> if I call him and say I can't do this. I and mean, be like, I can't look you straight in the face with a straight face and say I can't do this because I know better, and I think right. you know you know
1: better. So, Tyler, you would kick my butt. And I would kick your butt if that happened, right? Because we, we, we're not—we're just not going to let that happen to one another. I mean, this is one of the things where accountability partners come in so much, amen. Um, because we we just don't let one another uh even quit in the darkest hour. That you know, quitting is not an option. It is not an option. You know, and I'll
2: be—I'm not going to. Do- get into the down and dirty of, of your income and, and people know about my income, but we were not people that necessarily needed. We, we both did great as employees. I mean, I made incredible money working for the government. You did quite well for yourself as well. I mean, you, you've been in sales and been successful for ever since day one, essentially. What was the moment that helped you realize that long distance investing was next for you? I mean, I get that you're over there in Barcelona and folks and what he was talking about earlier for you, as you don't realize is that in Spain in a lot of countries over in Europe and across the world, you you can't invest effectively for cash flow. The only, or at least not very often you're investing for appreciation, which appreciation, ladies and gentlemen, is a, is a form of speculation, speculation, especially when you're raising private capital is a dangerous game to play. if, If a very dangerous game to play. So for you though, Billy, you're, you're moving over to the U.S., you're investing for cash flow in the U.S., but you're so far away. Is there still speculation or are you just relying on the team and the numbers? What's that look like?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, and just on that thing, appreciation doesn't pay my bills. Right. <laughs> you know, so, so it's, yeah, yeah. So it's, it, it's, it's one of those things. When and if it happens, that, that's great. But uh, it's, it's definitely about, uh, about the cash flow. And so, um, you know, I, I would, um, you know it it hasn't been necessarily the easiest thing uh but if it were easy probably lots and lots and lots of people would be doing it um you know one one of the things that has happened is is making sure that just like anything else you starting being able to start uh, small, you know, I've, I've done the, the multifamily and, and I've learned, uh, by some trial and error. For instance, uh, you know, when, when I made the, the first purchase, which ended up being a, um, a small, uh, duplex and doing that from, from overseas, some of the criteria that I, I made the decision based on was the fact that I had, uh, family members that were close by. And if things didn't work, you know, who would be able to go over and, 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 um, and, and take care of the mess? Well, I, you know, for when you, while you're listening, uh, let me just say that is not the best way to uh, select where you are going to invest your capital or your investor's capital. Uh, and so when you make, you made those mistakes, you start realizing, okay, well, how do I actually, you know, what do I actually want to do? You talk about appreciation. I'm clear on the fact that, uh, you know, I want to be able to bring uh, cash flow uh, both to uh, my investors, to myself. Uh, and want to be able to find the right geographies, right? Where are the right locations that are going to be able to create cash flow? Right. Uh, so then it was then following a process of saying, okay, where exactly are the markets in the United States that are going to be able to create cash flow? Uh, once it was very clear on which were, which were the markets, then it was a matter of going out and saying, okay, these, you know, with this geography, I'm going to go out and build these teams, uh, you know, teams that are going to help take care of the uh, the. Legal teams that are going to help take care of, uh, you know, looking for new properties. Those that are going to manage uh, the properties and really take care of our most important uh, person, and that's our client, who is our tenant. That that team, my team members, need to know how to take care of the uh, of our of our tenants and then and, and our residents. And then lastly, I realized that once those other three pieces are place, then it doesn't matter. You know what opportunity I go out and uh, and bring down. It could be a you know a 70 unit building. Uh, it could be a, 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 a 30 unit mobile home park. Uh, it could be any number of things because now I've learned that there is a certain process that you need to be able to follow, and that's one of the things that helps uh, not only me but also helps my investors understand. Okay, look, there's a there's a process behind. There's some mistakes that have been made in the past. Right. Learned from those mistakes and, and now made it. Uh, Made it a, a process that uh, that is easy to understand and, and works.
2: So, for the listener, your your primary investor, somebody that you're working with, that that you're raising capital from, is is over there in Spain. Um, are they always American, or are they are they Spanish as well? Are they different nationalities? What's that look like?
1: No. So, and you know, this is one of the things that, uh, you know, a lot of times you need to pay attention to your friends uh, because and if, if I can, if you just, uh, I want to share one thing with you, sure. Tyler, just a, l- a little story because you, you ask about who the investors are. I'm happy today to say that, you know, they're investors on uh, multiple continents uh, here uh, from Europe, uh, from Spain and Italy and, and also uh from France and we have people in Latin America as far as uh, ch- as Chile uh as well as in the in the US so we have a number of people that are in different places but um the whole thing came about because a number of friends of mine recognized an opportunity in the marketplace that I was not really paying attention to because the thing I was worried about or was trying trying to do was actually make sure that I didn't have that rock in my gut anymore. Right. The next time the stock market fell. Right. And so I wanted to be able to create that passive uh, income and, and cash flow. and friends asked me on a number of different occasions, Hey, look, if you ever consider uh, letting uh, us invest in one of your projects and for a number, uh, for a number, uh, for a while, you know, I was, you know, I was really bent against that. I didn't want to let them, you know, I don't want to let them, I did not want to mix friends and, and, and finances. Sure. But then I realized, you know, the same thing, just as understanding that you don't just buy a property in the place where, you know, you have family. You also need, I needed to learn what was the process to be able to ha- have friends and family be able to uh, understand the properties and the, in the process and invest in the projects. And so. Eventually, uh, once they recognized the opportunity, I did the uh, did the legwork and and had built a team here in Spain, um, a, a legal team, uh, an accounting team, and and then also back in the states, to be able to bridge that gap between initially Europe and the U.S. Uh, so that my investors would feel comfortable and uh, knowing that uh, the investments that they were taking part in. Uh, were put in, put together in the right way and it was completely transparent for them. So, uh, so long winded answer to your question, but, uh, you know, now we have people in Europe and, in Latin America and, uh, and in the US that are part of, uh, part of our projects.
2: I want to hit on something that you said there that jumped out at me and I'm, and maybe some of, uh, some of the folks listening may have missed it, but I'm an educator and I caught it right away is that you, you attracted your investors, your friends, They came to you seeking opportunity. You didn't come to them, so you're not out there uh, acting like some kind of used car salesman sporting a leisure suit going, please give me money. You're not placing ads on Facebook asking for people to invest in your apartment building. You were essentially the lighthouse. You're out there learning because you, like me, have never been afraid to say, hey, I'm, I'm new to this aspect of investing, I'm learning. And sharing that process with your friends resulted in them coming to you to say, hey, Billy, how do we get involved in this project? Correct?
1: That is absolutely correct, Tyler. So I think, uh, you know, I'm very thankful for my friends that recognized the opportunity, that asked me, that hounded me so that, um, well, yeah, eventually because of their questioning, about what I was doing, their interest in being involved, it has allowed me to recognize an opportunity and go out and um, and create value in the marketplace. So yes, so thanks to those friends, I definitely was not pitching, uh, quite the opposite.
2: So folks, those of you that see me on Facebook, you see me scream and, and yell and jump up and down when I see people making putting ads on Facebook, asking to for money to do real estate deals because you don't have any money. Do you see the mindset shift here? Billy hasn't asked anybody for money. No, you've never heard me on this podcast say, hey, invest in Tyler's deal. Instead, we invest time, and I say we because we both came from the same school of thought and we maintain that to this day. One of the reasons why we're successful, what we do, is that we're taking time to educate those around us on both the good, the bad, and the ugly of what we do because I'm sure we'll get into, not everything is perfect, not every deal works. I mean, sometimes Billy, I'm sure you've done some work on deals and they simply didn't come to fruition.
1: Uh, yeah, definitely had, I've had a lot more of those than I've actually had, uh, successes in terms of deals, uh, coming through, but I guess that's part of, you know, it's kind of like, um, I like languages a lot. Right. And so, you I and I watch, you know, I have, I have small kids and one of the things is you, you have to make a lot more mistakes in order to start to perfect your language. Uh, if we all spoke uh, English perfectly from day one, uh, then it would probably be a little bit of a challenge. We don't remember making all those mistakes when we were growing up, uh, but it's thanks to all of those hundreds or thousands of mistakes that allow us to speak fluently today. And it's a very similar thing. I see a lot of parallels with uh, with with real estate and, uh, and also dealing with uh, and, and working with investors.
2: At what point for you did you, I don't remember if, it, if I know I had went through this feeling of I was afraid for quite a while of losing somebody else's money. And, and how did that process for you, especially with the challenges of being across the country or across the world, rather, how did that work
1: out for you, that, that thought process? So yeah Tyler I mean when you think about so one of the biggest fears that 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 I did have when I got started was you know ruining ruining a friendship over money it was one of those things that I said to myself you know if this thing goes wrong or or goes south like, I don't want to lose my friends because I, I, I wasn't able to, you know, to manage their their, their money or meet their expectations. Right. But it was just like a lot of different things that I'd seen in the past, right? If, if, if you don't know, you need to kind of, um, you, you need to understand what it, what is the process. So uh, one of the things I you know, did, wanted to make sure that I understood you know what were the risks so uh, here in Spain I went to see uh I went to see a lawyer I went to see uh, someone who is responsible for you know things like accounting uh to see what the impact would be for for me and for my company and also for uh, for my investors so um and then I wanted to do the same thing uh, on the US side and and I guess what that states is I never let the fear stop me it kind of drew Drew out the curiosity. Like I had this curiosity to figure out, okay, well, how do I get rid of this fear? Because if people are asking me, it must be something that they're interested in. I need to figure out how can I make this right for them? And so it was just a matter of me taking action, you know, reaching out to people here locally, experts, um, lawyers and and accountants. So yes, I definitely had the fear. I didn't let the fear stop me. It more or less motivated the curiosity to figure out how do I how do I make this right? Or how can I, uh, you know, give the potential person that wants to invest in one of my deals, how can I give them what they want? Right. And so that was the drive for me. You, I remember
2: when we were, especially when we were rehearsing, we talked a lot about, we wanted to make sure we hit the people's buttons and, and the way the system of learning that we were fortunate enough to get, we were taught to focus on things like, you know, what is, like you just said, what is the tax situation? What is the tax implication for this investment? For both mm-hmm. us and, more importantly, our financial friend. I mean, are, are we putting them in peril? I had a doctor. I remember, and I don't know if I told you this story, but I had a doctor this summer. This lady is making, she's paying, excuse me, not making, but she's actually paying out to the federal government in taxes a quarter million dollars a year. Wow. And her CPA's response was, for a few years ago for her, was to sell all of her real estate because they, it offered no tax advantages. And I said, well, I understand that she's a high income earner, but at no time was there any discussion of a tax plan. So when I came, sort of started talking with her and having the dialogue about investing her money into some uh, multifamily assets and some, some promissory notes, one of the things that I hit on with her right away is, listen, we're going to create a taxable event for you because what we're looking at, and I hate to say this, but it's it's going to result in taxation because it's profitable. I think it was notes we were looking at is that she was going to be looking at a pretty healthy return. Based on that, it was going to create a bigger problem for her. I was the only person, Billy, that had asked that question. I know you do the same thing we're you're going to go through that, that step, that dialogue, you're going to reach out to that financial friend and make sure that they are, they've done all the thinking that they're thorough and they're thinking. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, that's, I mean, it's, it's definitely the thing. So, you know, and I, and I, and I don't pretend to be anyone's uh, tax advisor ever, Um, but I just want to understand, you know, what, what are the potential impacts for that person? And if they're not aware, I want to be the person that, helps to make them aware, right. They need to find out, you know, what the, what the impacts are. And that's, I guess Tyler, it's one of the things too. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm much like you, I'm surrounded by lots of, you know, people that are are making, you know, six figure salaries and, you know, very large, and I say large, uh, you know, the six figure, uh, bonus checks and things like that. And just go through the motions kind of running around in that wheel and never really think about, the fact that they're earning lots of money on the top line, but bringing very little of it home and where they're placing their capital, it actually makes things look good on a piece of paper, but it's not actually money they can use to spend for that trip around the world or that uh, new car or, or that next guitar lesson. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So, Yeah, so
2: at that point, what's the sense of it? I mean, and that's what I was going through working for the government as I started making an above-average pay, and then I started paying above-average taxes. I don't know if you guys have looked at any of you listening to the show have looked at the the, uh, tax rolls lately. They say, you know, all the rich got it made. Um, I hate to tell you, the more you make as a W-2 employee, the more taxes you wind up paying if, if you don't have a plan in place. But with that for you, what was the process like about, you know, your... You're out trying to do deals that you don't necessarily have the money for right today, yet you've got these financial friends in the background. What comes first, the chicken or the egg? Are you writing the offer and then giving yourself the time to raise the capital in the paperwork, or or what's that look like?
1: so you know what Tyler it's kind of like um, well it's one of those things where I used to want to do one or the other right uh, but then I realized that if I only depended on the capital then I wouldn't Necessarily go out and look for the, the the problems to solve, or or a lot of people would say the property, right? right. Um, and if I didn't have the, the, the property, or if I had the property, then I'd have to start looking for the, the capital. Um, so what I've found the best way is just to continue to keep talk. Like I just keep talking to people. Like I'm I'm excited to to meet new people, talk to family and friends, and now I have uh, you know people who introduce me to other people. At the same time, me and my team were looking for problems to solve back in the marketplace in the U.S. So now it's about keeping a steady, you know, a healthy balance of both. So I don't do one or the other. It's you know, I might want to make sure that I'm doing both at the same time.
2: So is it fair to say that because you're focused on problems, you're not necessarily focused on what's for sale? Instead, you're focused on sol- solving a
1: problem for a seller. Uh, that is without a doubt, uh, correct. Yes, you are absolutely correct. Um, I guess this goes back to, you know, having similar, uh, similar foundation. Um, at the end of the day, if there's a problem that I can solve, then, you know, that's, that's what I want to be there to do. Cause if it's just a matter of looking out on the MLS to try and find the next deal, well, I'm going to have a heck of a hard time finding that deal. Uh, but if I can find a problem that you know, my company can solve, then yeah, then we're gonna go out and solve the problem.
2: There you go, and and ladies and gentlemen, one of the reasons why I brought Billy on the show is that it's important that you hear from different people, even though Billy and I do the the same thing, we're in the same business, I suppose I say this tongue-in-cheek, you could call us quote-unquote competitors, but we're not. I mean, even in the same market, we wouldn't be competitors. On the same deal, we wouldn't be competitors. Do we do things the same way or similar way? Absolutely, because that's our system of learning. But the thing is here is that different personalities are going to attract different types of people. In other words, I attract a certain type of person. Billy attracts a different type of person. It depends on a case-by-case basis. And the same goes for those of you that are out there raising capital. You know, you have to think in abundance. And, Billy, a lot of what I've heard here is that you're doing just that. You're taking the time to educate your friends, first of all, spreading that knowledge around. and then essentially the marketplace returns to you and and conversely you're in the uh, spreading good cheer i guess you could say and solving problems in the marketplace with the sellers they've got problems to solve you're keeping in contact you're asking good solid questions you're being a pig you're being that professional information gatherer that we talk about that's what jay taught us about i wish we need to have an episode with Jay on the, on the, on the phone here as well.
1: <laughs> That'd be that kind me. of wild, wouldn't
2: it? <laughs> like the reunion, reunion special. There you go, there you go. <laughs> Maybe that'll be episode 200. But So cool. for you, what are you, some of the biggest investing mistakes? We talked a lot about doing it right, but let's talk about a few minutes before we wrap the wrap up here. Is that, let's talk about what's going wrong. What are the, some of the biggest investment mistakes that you see most people make?
1: Um you know one uh, the biggest thing um, I, and I would even put myself in the category when I got started Tyler it's it's number it's one of the things we just mentioned you know when you uh, you decide uh, number 1 uh when you decide to move forward you're just going out and you want to look for the quote unquote cheapest property right because you have uh, you know, 40,000 and you want to be able to do it because somebody told you that, uh, you know, real estate was a great thing. And right. uh, so not, not really taking the time to get educated and looking for the, uh, for the cheapest thing. And the other, the, another problem I would say is, you know, I also know people both in this back uh, stateside and, and here, um, uh, in Spain and they've been studying and thinking about buying real estate for at least two, three years. Oh, boy. And, and so the, one of the mistakes is just analyzing everything to death. Like at a certain point, you've got to figure out if it's the right thing for you or not. Like stop overthinking things and just go out and do it. But like, I think that that in itself is a is a problem. If you want to try something and you're afraid to do it. Well, you'll never know if you were supposed to be successful or not. Well, and I think you and I both
2: experienced that in different different levels. Definitely, I remember having those conversations where I I would say I said something to you like I don't think I'm qualified to teach others, and I remember you were laughing at me profusely. Like I'm like, will you, will you stop laughing? I wish you weren't in Spain. I'd slap you through the phone. And It's like I'm, I'm, I'm serious. I didn't think I was qualified to train others, and you're like, oh, shut up.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: but yeah, yeah. you need over- that. I mean, it, you're right. You're absolutely right. The overanalyzing is. Critical. I mean that that that's. I was a victim of that. I, you know, you take that and you add a little imposter syndrome into it. It's like, oh, geez.
1: Um, Tyler, it makes me think. You know, I used to. I used to. um, Think about you know all of the different aspects. How much revenue? What are the expenses? What's the NOI on a on a on a hundred thousand dollar property? you know, and it would take me three weeks. And then by the time I would actually think about putting in the offer, then I'd have to wait a little bit longer. And then, you know, two months later I'd put the offer in and by the time I was ready to put the offer in, guess what? It was already sold. Yeah. Oh yeah. And and that happened. I don't know how many times. And then, you know, think about just a, a week ago, uh, there was a, an, a, an apartment building back in Charlotte and, um, you know, it was 1.9 million and it was a matter of, let me look at it. It seems to meet criteria you know, and the LOI was out the door, right. You know, the property, we didn't get it under contract, but you know, it's, it's a, it's a process that people have to go through. But I, you know, I would say to, to, to those that are listening, you know, if you have it in your heart, if you have it in your gut, it, you, you've got to try it. Don't overthink it, you know, just, just do it.
2: Well, and as we learned from Jay, and, and I believe this to this day, an offer is simply an invitation to negotiate.
1: Oh, without a doubt, you know, without uh, a doubt.
2: We, I was, I was raised uh, with a realtor, realtor mindset where if you write an offer, that's an official thing. You're committed now. It's like, well, wait a minute. You know, that's actually not the case at all. It's an invitation to negotiate. You write an offer, assuming everything's perfect and you get into the due diligence and you're going to realize in every circumstance that there's something that's different. There always is. I mean, I've been doing, I've been in this business 18 years writing offers and I can tell you <laughs> never once, if I, as anything, a hundred percent as it was presented so ladies and gentlemen think about that when you i know the the offer process is absolutely terrorizing or terrifying but you know billy you're over there across the pond i I can imagine the credibility must be a challenge from being yeah where are you can i call you and then you give them a 14 foot long phone number and they're like oh it's just one of these south african gimmicks i mean
1: you know what are you doing well, you know what, Tyler? So that's, that's one of the other things. So one of the learnings is, you know, when you are dealing with people that are in different places, it's about putting the, the, using the process and putting, uh, you know, systems in place. I think about the properties that, uh, that are bought in New Jersey in the beginning. And yeah, it was really difficult because I, you know, I would call, uh, I was calling our residents or tenants from, from my cell phone and, they would be like, well, what in the world is this number? And you realize, well, you know what? People are not going to answer because they think you're either calling for, you're, you're a bill collector or some kind of issue. Right. But, but then you realize if you put the team in place and you, and the team puts things like as simple as, uh, you know, an 800 number or a local number in the community where you have, the, you know, the multifamily buildings or your mobile home parks or your single family houses, whatever the case may be. But you've got to put the process in place because when you need to call or someone needs to, a, a tenant needs to call to get something uh fixed or resolved or whatever the case may be they want to be able to call a local number yes and it, and it seems like something simple but you know you I learned this in the process and now today you know whether I'm I'm sitting here in Spain and uh you know our tenants can call whether they're in uh, in in Charlotte or they're in uh in New Jersey, and they've got local numbers, and they have teams out of there in place that get them that get things taken care of quickly. And, and later, when I'm, you know, when I'm speaking to uh, in, investors, uh, you know, I can speak to them same thing like Skype or Zoom, and it makes it really, really simple. Uh, and nowadays, you know, people know and can see me online. We're in a number of different places, so they can kind of check out and. And make sure this person that they're speaking to or that they're seeing on Skype is actually someone who is real,
2: right? Yeah, a tangible person, not just some some fallacy. <laughs> yeah. You know, one thing I noticed that I've seen from you, and I just want to kind of parting thoughts here, is that you've you've taken the time to do the work. You know, this has, and I believe you. We you share the sentiment. This has not been a short process. I mean, it seems like it was yesterday. I said to myself, Jill said to me, she says, you know, we've you got off the ship three years ago. I went, what?
0: <laughs>
2: I, I mean, really? And just when you think you haven't accomplished enough and you think it's it's taken too long, it's like, oh, wow. So imagine, ladies and gentlemen, if if I've, you know, we've accomplished a lot in a, in a very short amount of time. I mean, we were both in the same
1: classroom a couple of years back. It seems like a decade, does it not? Uh, it seems like, uh, you know, I think about it now cause I'm sitting in the same room where you and I used to, uh, <laughs> used to go back and forth. So it, it seems like yesterday on one side and on the other side, it seems like, uh, on the other side of things, it seems like it's been forever ago. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, but they're definitely learned, uh, learned a lot in the meantime, been able to go out and, and, uh, and, and affect positively lots of, uh, lots of lives and lots of people have been able to uh, do the same thing for me. And. And being able to stay uh, in touch and continue to build relationships with people like you makes this whole thing worth it. These crazy little dreams that we have in our minds amen. sometimes grow into, uh, grow into amazing things, amazing things.
2: Amen. Hey, so what's the best way? I know that some of my listeners, especially those that are overseas, that are, are looking to place capital, they want to try something different, have a conversation with you. How, what's the best way for them to reach out to you?
1: Yeah, you know what, Tyler? I would say um, the the best way. So I had a chance. One of the things we did last year was uh, had a uh, wrote, wrote a book. So I would uh, the name of the book was Grow Your Money the Smart Way. So the, the probably the, the fastest way to to get in touch, you can. And I have a, this gift for your uh, for your audience. They just need to go to growyourmoneythesmartway.com. Uh, they can leave their email there, and uh, and we'll be able to be in touch. And uh, for those of you, you know, you mentioned those that are overseas, um, or even stateside, uh, if you want to uh, you want to have a uh, have a talk, we can uh, we can get on the phone. We can talk. I uh, just need to go to meetme.so forward slash keep on cash flow session. Nice. That's keep on uh, K-E-E- K-E-E-P-O-N cash flow session. That's correct. All right,
2: we will put that in the show notes.
1: So,
2: hey. That was outstanding.
1: Tyler, I, yeah, t- Tyler, can I just, can I just say one, one thing? Cause I, I didn't really say it in the, in the beginning, but I am, uh, I am completely motivated and inspired by what you have been able to do. Uh, the, the thousands of lives that you are positively affecting, uh, and then the inspiration that you continue to be for so many of us. So, and I, uh, it, for me, it is, uh, it's an absolute honor to, to, be able to share a bit of uh, my story with, uh, with your listeners and, and wanted to continue to be, um, well, I, I know you'll continue to be a very positive influence for so many of us, uh, and, and humbled by the, uh, by the opportunity to speak to you and your listeners. Thank you, Billy. I really appreciate that. And I gotta tell you, you know, I,
2: I feel the same way. If I, our friendship has been so important to me as far as you know keeping me focused on the, the eye because you know i can come up with some cockamamie ideas sometimes and <laughs> you've yeah. always been i'm a shiny object guy and uh i you've been great at helping me stay focused and and you've been an inspiration you, know, you doing what you're doing and stepping outside of that comfort zone and making it happen and ladies and gentlemen you know the beauty of why i bring people on the show is because i know that they add value to you because they've added value to me. And I implore you to step outside of yourself, get uncomfortable, as we said in episode 100, get uncomfortable, reach out to Billy, download his book first of all. If you're thinking about uh, investing and you wanna make some contacts, it's good to talk to lots of people in the marketplace. Not just me, not just Billy, but get on the phone and have some dialogue with different type of people, different type of investors, different types of syndicators, Get comfortable with who you're talking to. This is not a race. This is, this, is a, this is a marathon. It's a journey. It's not a short race. So take some time to get to know people, invest in them, and, and let them invest in you and that's how we become bigger, better investors and how we get free. Billy, thank you so much for taking time out of your day. I know you were literally on a flight, ladies and gentlemen. He was on a <laughs> flight. He just landed and, like, run to the house
1: <laughs> like a jet set.
2: <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm sitting on the couch playing with my drone. I'm like.
1: <laughs> Take your time, which, Billy. <laughs> which is cool. Hey, Tyler, what, just one last thing. i think of yeah, it maybe it's a little bit jet lag. For those of, for your listeners who are also maybe a, a little bit more timid uh, and they just want to check out, uh, see kind of some of the things we've been uh, uh, been adding and writing. Uh, they can also ch- keep on cash flow. K e e p o n cash flow. lots of different information videos things like that for them to see as well
2: outstanding keep on cashflow.com I actually I watch your videos and I listen to all your stuff, too I enjoy it myself you do a much better job of content than I do So thank you for that. I'm like, God, I see your values. I'm like, God, I, I suck at this. <laughs> man, he's got the perfect lighting. He's
1: prettier than I am. Damn it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Come on, man.
2: Now, now you're blushing. You're
1: making me blush. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're making me blush, man. And that's hard to do.
2: I got the voice, though. So there you go. <laughs> All right, Billy, thank you so much. And, and ladies and gentlemen, just to wrap up, take the action. Take it to the next step. Pick up the phone, go to the website, consume some of the content. It'll make you a bigger, better investor. That's what this is all about. For those of you that are are listening, if you want to get in touch, you want to reach out, have questions, get on over to our Facebook group. Go to CashflowGuys.com forward slash group. That will get you that's a direct link over to our Facebook group. It's absolutely free of charge. You can get your questions answered. I think Billy's going to be a member in there if he's not already. Um, we got a lot of people in there, lots of good questions coming up, lots of good answers. Get out there. If you've got some value, you can add by all means, we're more than willing to, to, uh, accept the value as well. And feel free to answer questions and, and, uh, step outside of your comfort zone. Let's make it happen with that. Uh, for those of you that are listening to this, when it goes live, it's going to be, it's going to be the Christmas season. So Merry Christmas. And for those of you listening to this far down the future, Merry next Christmas. With that, we will see you next week, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for coming out, and uh, we'll, we'll catch up you next time.
0: This concludes today's episode. today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas so you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.